Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to the Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 25-year breast cancer survivor, certified life coach, and the author of my book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. And my name is Becky Olson. I'm a five-time, 22-year survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm also a motivational speaker and the author of The Hat That Saved My Life. Sharon and I are also the co-founders of Breast Friends. And for those of you who have been kind of following our story for a while... Um, One of the things that you know that we care very deeply about is compassionate care. And um, I wanted to share, before we get into our our guest interview today, I wanted to share a little thing that happened last week that I thought was pretty doggone amazing. (laughs) Um, You know, I I love it when I see compassion among the medical field. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, in October, I was diagnosed with stage four metastatic breast cancer. And um, I was taken off treatment because we're getting me onto a trial. And in that five or in that two months that um, that I had that last um, scan, I've been worried sick that everything is spreading. And But the good news is yesterday I found out that it hasn't spread. It's very stable. But that's not the story. (laughs) The story is what happened in that process. So last week I had a a biopsy and I was talking with my um, the physician's assistant a few days later when he called me and I was telling him about the scars and all this nastiness that was going to show when I told him about this event that I was singing at coming up on Tuesday. And I said, I've got this red dress that I want to wear, but looking like Frankenstein is not part of the plan. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I wanted to know what I was going to do about that. And he was very, very sweet. Well, I talked to him a couple days ago when I went in for my follow-up and he said, so how high is the neckline on that red dress? Now, tell me if that's not the coolest thing ever. He remembered. Oh, he my remembered. gosh. <laughs> I know. And it mattered to him that that it was going to work out okay. And he goes, you know, I think if you just wear a little choker, I think it'll cover it. <laughs> it's like, this is a man who, who thinks of me as an actual person, not just as a patient. And then when I went to go see my oncologist, he was talking to me about kind of the results of some of the stuff going on. And then he looked at me and he goes, and how is it impacting your singing? And I was like, whoa, because <laughs> you know? wow. I was worried that that, that biopsy going work down where it went was going to impact my vocal cords or something. And, and so he just, he just changed the whole direction of the conversation by asking me that. And so when people talk about, you know, what is compassionate care, it's caring about the whole person, not just their cancer and what's going on there, because we all, we all need to, to do the things that bring us joy and a couple weeks ago, we had a, a program on staying in the light with a guest, Shawnee Fox. And when she, sp- when she spoke with us, it's all about doing what you love in spite of what you're going through at the time. Because when you stay in the light, it brings healing to your whole body. And I swear that's a big reason why I had a very positive outcome on my test this week. But yeah. um, oh, anyway, that's so, so wonderful. That's <laughs> I know. a great example because none of us want to feel invisible or yeah. a number or, you know, dehumanized in this whole cancer process. I and know. so they really saw you, Becky, for 
a woman, a vibrant woman who has a lot more to give this community. So that's that's a great story. Thank you very much for sharing <laughs> I that. Just, I just had to share it because I thought that was pretty phenomenal. You know, people say, well, how do you do, how do you show compassion? Well, that's, that's it that's, right in a nutshell. So. Absolutely. That's a great <laughs> example. Well, yep. I'm excited for today. Um, we have a guest that's going to be talking about stress and its relationship to cancer. Um, our guest is uh, Rev- Dr. Ravinder Singh, a board certified neurologist specializing in prevention and treatment of neurology. Uh, I knew I was going to goof that one up. <laughs> Got the name right, though. I did. I did that part well. Anyway, neurological, right? Is that close? Diseases, (laughs) especially stroke, headache, and epilepsy. He established the the, uh, Beverly Hills Headache Institute, a uniquely integrated facility which employs a team of highly qualified experts from the ancient uh, Eastern healing traditions and modern medical sciences. Sorry, a street cleaner just went by. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like an airplane taking off. I know. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Last time I was able to catch it just, you know, I wasn't talking. But of course, right in the middle of the introduction. That's always good time. Anyway, Dr. Singh is also a certified stress and wellness consultant. He He utilizes his knowledge of both Western and Eastern medicine and his studies in stress and wellness medicine to help people achieve greater satisfaction in their life and achieve truly long-lasting optimal health with emphasis on disease prevention. Boy, don't we all need that? So Singh is sought after speaker and author of Not Tonight, I Have a Headache. I love that title. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome, Dr. Singh, to our show. Uh, Thank you very much for that lovely introduction. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about your book at the end because I want to hear all about that. I do too. I do too. That's (laughs) fabulous. So just take a minute and tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, where are you originally from? Excuse me, where you're originally from and, you know, some personal stuff so we can get to know you better. Okay. Well, um, uh, I'm originally from India, uh, but I've been in this country for... Uh, longer than I can uh, I can count. Now um, I came when I was in in high school, uh, but then I and I did my my education. I went to UCLA for undergrad, and then I went to medical school, and I um, went around the world, and then came back to UCLA to finish my neurology residency. Um, and then um, the, the interesting thing is that. Uh, I, I even though I'm a neurologist, and uh, you know people might be surprised at why am I, uh, you know, on a on a show about breast cancer, uh, but in my um, uh, in my in my treatment of patients with the neurological conditions, um, I realized that there was uh, I had to go beyond just Western medicine. You know, I I was seeing all these as you mentioned. I'm a headache specialist, and I have a headache institute. But when I was first started seeing patients with headache. You know, I, I was able to help a lot of them. I knew, you know, as a neurologist and as a headache specialist, I knew more about headaches than the general physicians. Um, but there were still a lot of patients I could not help. And so I said, you know, uh, that doesn't satisfy me as a physician. You know, what can I do to help my patients uh, get better uh, and go beyond, you know, just taking medications? And that's when I started to explore. I went back to you know, uh, be, uh, having grown up in India, I was exposed to 
some you know the eastern medicine uh, philosophies like you know ayurvedic medicine i'm not sure if people are familiar with that but i'm sure people uh, listening to uh, to me uh, they're familiar with yoga uh, um, and yoga is part of uh, a larger uh, in, in the medicine uh, you know specialty which is called ayurvedic medicine just like acupuncture is part of uh, traditional chinese medicine and so you know having grown up in india i was exposed to yoga i was exposed to some of the other natural treatments like homeopathy and so uh, when i um, I, st- i started seeing these patients who uh, i could not help uh, with with western medicine only i started thinking about you know uh, how we could incorporate some of these other traditions other you know uh, uh, treatment modalities that i was exposed to as a kid and and they worked really well uh so i started incorporating uh these eastern uh techniques into my practice and that kind of grew over time and i started seeing uh, a lot of good results with my patients and uh and eventually i was able to get a lot of my patients off the medications that were that were causing side effects and just using you know traditional uh, uh med- not traditional uh but you know natural medications and lifestyle changes and um and uh, you know like acupuncture and homeopathy and uh, dietary manipulation and patients were doing a lot better but then i started even you know seeing that you know i really need to address the cause of the problem what is actually causing these patients to become sick and that's all where my my studies led me to stress as an important uh, factor that was uh, causing uh, that was in the, the in the background that was leading to a lot of these diseases and we'll talk about them in a few minutes but that's when i really uh, uh, you know found that that was making a huge impact on my patients uh, talking about stress talking about how stress was affecting their lives and how actually was causing all of these chronic diseases uh mm. stre- you know uh, stress has an important factor in a lot of these chronic diseases and that's how i kind of grew slowly and uh, started incorporating stress into my practice and that's where i am now well you know it's interesting that that that's kind of the path that you've taken because i have said and Becky and I both when we're talking to patients and things like that we have noticed over and over and over again that breast cancer it's almost ironic it's almost like the third or fourth thing that's happened to somebody you know these stressful events in their life whether it's you know caring for their elder parents or losing someone or uh just these things that happen to us devastating financial situations that that happen to us and then boom 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 then then you are diagnosed with cancer it's it's ironic how often that happens so this can makes complete sense to me yeah and and we have seen that you know in cancer especially uh stress is an important factor and a lot of studies and especially in breast cancer were uh in the, the people have found uh, the importance of stress and not only the, the the causative factor of stress but how some of the other things that have a, a, a positive impact on stress like uh social connections and um and uh, you know have even having a, a, a good support groups how much impact that has on the survival of uh, you know breast cancer patients yes so. yes exactly so before we get into the nitty gritty i want to find out a little bit more about your family and why 
Beverly Hills. Did you pick that? <laughs> um, well, it just so happened. But you know, being UCLA is in obviously in Los Angeles, and uh, it's not too far from Beverly Hills. And it just so happened when when I was um, uh, in in my residency, uh, and one of my uh, teachers had her practice in Beverly Hills, and I never actually really wanted to go into private practice as. You mentioned briefly that my uh, initially in, in neurology, my interest was in, in uh, stroke. Uh, and I, I still do a lot of stroke work at the hospital uh, in treatment of acute stroke and prevention of stroke. And I even did my one of my my, my, my fellowship was in stroke. Um, and so I always thought that I would go into academic medicine, become like a stroke researcher and all that. Um, but um, it just so happened that when I uh, finished my residency and my fellowship, um, there weren't a lot of uh, stroke positions open in, in Los Angeles. And uh, so I would have to go either like to the Midwest or some other place that I really didn't want to go. Um, and so I decided to, to change my, my career path. And uh, so uh, at that time, this, this um, physician who was one of my mentors uh, who had her practice in Beverly Hills? She was looking for somebody to kind of help her out when she was gonna go, when she went on the vacation because she was in solo practice at that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, I started covering for her when she would be gone on vacation or uh, or whenever she needed coverage. And uh, so um, I, I kind of started liking the private practice aspect of it. And um, and so. Uh, when the opportunity came for me to kind of expand my practice, I was already in Beverly Hills at that time. And Perfect. so then I started, you know, I, I kind of went on, on, on my own and started my own practice. Mm -hmm. So it's just like circumstances. You know, what happens is yep, circumstances. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that often the case? <laughs> yes, yes. So, so because your practice sounds very unique, I'd really love for you to explain a little bit more about what you actually do as a headache specialist, a stress specialist, you know, that sort of thing. Well, so um, as a neurologist, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, my, my practice is as a general neurologist. Uh, and uh, like I said, I do some uh, stroke work in the hospitals uh, because stroke is mainly a hospital disease. When you have a stroke, you end up coming to the hospital. And so I was involved with a lot of the acute stroke work. My, my training has been in acute stroke uh, 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 treatment. Uh, and it's very exciting, you know, as a, just uh, as an aside. Uh, there are a lot of new treatments coming out that we can reverse the effects of stroke, acute stroke, if we keep, uh, if we you know catch patients early enough. Mm -hmm. um, so that's part of my my, my practice. But in my, in my office, uh, so I see all kinds of neurological conditions. You know, besides headache, like uh, neck pain, back pain, uh, epilepsy, dementia, um, you know, uh, multiple sclerosis, uh, neuropathies, and things like that. But my, the, the unique thing about my practice is that, so we have, uh, you know, I, I, I represent the Western medicine aspect as a neurologist, uh, but then we have a, an acupuncturist, a, a chiropractor, homeopathic medicine, yoga therapist in the practice. Now people have, a, a, you know, generally in this country, people have a, 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 a skewed view of what yoga is. And what we know of yoga is that, you know, you go to a health club or a yoga, a yoga studio, and you, uh, you know, learn about flexibility and some breathing techniques and uh, 
how to make yourself into a pretzel and all that. <laughs> it's the it's the getting out of the pretzel that's really tough. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, actually, yoga, like, like I mentioned earlier, is part of the larger field of Ayurvedic medicine. And so we are using yoga as yoga therapy. Uh, we do one-on-one yoga where, you know, um, so we... Uh, we um, address certain, you know, the patient's conditions by prescribing yoga therapy for certain, you know, a particular uh, uh, goals. Uh, wow. So it's not just uh, going to yoga gym um, uh, and or yoga studio, but uh, actually doing one-on-one yoga for particular medical problems, including, you know, migraine headaches and uh, um, many other, even some non-neurological conditions. You know, patients come to us and, and you know, just to get yoga therapy for um, you know, they're, they're pregnant or uh, they do pregnancy yoga, but also, uh, you know, in patients who have cancers and then they're, they're coming to us for, uh, you know, some you know, stress management, uh, doing yoga therapy, uh, which has been very effective. So I have, a qu- I have a question for you before we move on. We, we only have about a minute left before our break, but just real quick, because I know that there's probably a lot of new listeners to our show and we have covered Ayur- Ayurvedic. I'm not even sure I'm saying it right, but can you just give us a very short description of what that actually means? You know, you said yoga falls into that, <clears throat> but what else well, might it include? It's a system of medicine where, I mean, it's basically based upon your lifestyle. Uh, and it, it includes, there are some Ayurvedic medications, but it means mainly upon how to live your life properly. Just like Chinese medicine, uh, they talk about, you know, in, in acupuncture, but they, they have a, the way of living, you know, it's more about dietary manipulation, how to change your diet, how to breathe properly, um, how to use some supplements properly, uh, and some, you know, like natural, uh, you know, supplements that, that we use. So it's a whole different form of medicine, but based on mainly on natural treatments. That's a really good definition. I've never, I haven't heard it said that way, so that's really good. Well, listen, that's we're going to take a break. We will be back in a minute. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking with Dr. Ravinder Singh about stress and cancer. So I really am interested in this subject. So how common is stress in today's society? That's kind of a dumb question, but. Well, <laughs> from your perspective <laughs> well uh yeah i mean that's uh, what i what i realized what i found was you know it's very common and you know we'll go into a definition of stress a little later on but uh what people think of stress uh and how it affects your life it's very common uh one in five americans experience extreme stress so it's like 20 percent of the people are uh, in, in not just common stressors, but extreme stress. Now you can, you know, think of your uh, extended family members. Uh, so the people who are listening to, you know, in, in the audience, how many? You, you can maybe look around in your family. Uh, how many of them do you recognize are that extra stressed out people? You know, someone who is all always all over the place and seems seems to be always hyper. Um, and those are the kind of people who have this extreme stress in their life. 80% of workers feel stress on their job. Now, you know, work-related stress is the number one source of stress, and it has increased progressively over the past few decades. Um, and, you know, you can think of your, where, where you work. You know, how many people you see around where, where you are in your workplace, uh, you can recognize that they are getting stressed out, and maybe you're, you yourself are getting stressed out. Mm-hmm. Um, 65% of workers have experienced difficulty at work due to the stress. Um, so that's, you know, an, an important statistic. You know, like, you know, if, if stress, if work is causing so much stress, you need to kind of look around and see what is it about your work. And you don't just say, oh, well, it, it, it's, it, there's nothing you can do about it. It's, it. It is what it is. And life is stressful. Work is stressful. You can't control people. Um, that may be true to a certain extent, but there is a lot you can do to counter the effects of stress, even at work. Um, so but, can, can we talk about like the actual physical response? Like what happens in your body 
when you're under stress. So we can kind of like say, okay, am I under stress? Well, um, yes. Well, first of all, uh, I mean, when we talk about stress, we talk about the the, uh, the fight or flight uh, reaction. And I'm sure you heard about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then typically the way, you know, most people explain it is uh, in the olden times when, when we were uh, hunters and gatherers and uh, we were living out in the jungles and uh, uh, if a lion was uh, or a tiger was coming, you know, towards you, uh, it was basically either, you know, life or death situation for you. So um, you would either, um, you know, stand up and fight the, the tiger that was what's called a fight response, or you would, if the circumstances were correct, you would just, you know, uh, run away and save your life. So it's a fight or flight reaction. And what happens in that kind of reaction is uh, your, you know, your sympathetic nervous system, which is uh, the one that becomes highly activated when you are under stress. Uh, that's when you know uh, your adrenaline goes up, your heart rate goes up, your, uh, your eyes dilate, your your uh, uh, some some of the other things that are responsible for, uh, you know, uh, your muscles become ready to run. So they are all primed. Uh, so just think of it when you're ready to run away from some uh, some uh, some threat. Uh, that's what the, the reaction that is the, the, the you know the stress reaction uh, or the mm-hmm. fight or flight reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem in this day and age is that. Well, there are no, there are no tigers. There's, there are no other, there's no <laughs> life-threatening circumstances you know, nowadays. But what happens is when, uh, the, the stressors that we experience are things like traffic, and um, uh, and uh, you know a bad boss, maybe or coworkers, <laughs> or uh, certain other situations, deadlines, and uh, you know projects and all that. But but the the body doesn't know the difference between a life-threatening uh, reaction. Or something that's you know just ordinary. So if your heart rate goes up, if you're sitting in traffic and all of a sudden you're getting stressed because you may be late to work and your heart rate goes up and you become hyper alert, it's like you start cursing the other drivers, um, <laughs> and you know, your muscles become tense because mm-hmm. you know the body reacts the same way. So when you when your sympathetic nervous system becomes activated, all the same physiological reactions that happen when you are um, you know, when you're uh, facing a life-threatening situation, all the same reactions now start operating. But mm-hmm. now they're operating when there's when there's no need. There's nothing wrong with the fight or flight reaction. It's actually life-saving. And if, if it wasn't for this the stress response, you'd probably be dead. Um, right. But it, it it is supposed to get activated under stressful circumstances, and then it's it's supposed to go back down. And when the parasympathetic system starts to, uh, you know, take over, and that's where you relax and your digestion starts and your muscles relax, your heart rate goes down, your breathing goes down, you become sleepy. Um, and, you know, that's the normal reaction. So you, you, you activate this, the sympathetic nervous system when you really need it, and then you go back down and activate the parasympathetic system. In the animals in the, in the jungle, you will see that they will run from this, you know, this predator. But once the 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 predator is gone, they're going to go back to the grazing, their uh, you know, the, the grass, and they're just relaxed and uh, and wait until the next uh, threat that comes along. 
the difference between us and them, unfortunately, we we ruminate over all that stuff that just happened to keep those stress hormones in our body, unfortunately, right? (laughs) Let me let me give you the perfect example. This is sitting here and, uh, you know, you're calm and relaxed and, you know, your heart rate is not up. And if I tell you, okay, just think about the argument you had last week with your spouse or your children. And uh, you start you know, thinking about that, and all of a sudden your heart rate starts to go up, and you become agitated, you become angry and upset. Why did he? Why did she do do this? Why did he, did he say that? And all of a sudden you're doing nothing. You're just sitting here and just thinking, and all of a sudden your heart rate goes up. Your uh, uh, your sympathetic nervous system becomes activated for no reason, just because mm-hmm. you're thinking. Right. And, wow. And that's what we do: is that we just you know activate our uh, our sympathetic nervous system. Uh, for no good reason, when it when it's not supposed to, because we ruminate and we think, and we create all this, uh, you know, stress for ourselves. Right, right. Hmm. You know, I was kind of laughing at a little bit of that because when you're talking about tra- you know, the traffic and getting mad and cursing the other drivers and stuff, there there was <laughs> there was a time at work I remember that one of our employees saw another employee on the road but didn't realize that there was another employee and ripped past that person, (laughs) excuse me, uh, extended their middle finger (laughs) and then realized, whoops. (laughs) It was actually actually her boss. (laughs) Oh, no. Seriously. I'll have to tell you the rest of that story later, Sharon. But, yeah, that that was pretty funny. But, you know, traffic does do that. And, you know, and I do understand that stress at work thing because I ended up having to quit my job. Um, and I did it rather suddenly because I was having one of those moments. My boss just said something that just sent me over the edge. I'd been debating it for a long time because the stress at work was probably literally killing me. I went through my first two cancer battles at work, and stress was a huge part of all that. And then one day I just quit my job and needed to do that, and I've never looked back. But um, but yeah, stress and for and when people just stay in that. That situation, and I, I'm kind of anxious to get to the part of what we do about it. So let, let's let's kind of switch gears here for just a moment, if that's okay. Sure. And, you know, you've done a little explaining on what stress actually does to our body. Um, does stress cause cancer? I mean, we hear it. I know it f- probably feeds it, but does it? Can it cause cancer? In us? Well, uh, you know. Uh, there aren't um, what we what we know is that stress affects all different uh, uh, you know diseases and has an impact um, because it can uh, you know it, uh, the, the, what we have realized is that what's underneath all of these chronic conditions whether it's cancer whether it's heart disease whether it's um, uh, you know even some uh, even dementia some neurological conditions you know, degenerative neurological conditions. Uh, even multiple sclerosis uh, and uh, many other conditions. What we have found is that there is this element of inflammation uh, that uh, uh, you know that, that that is at the bottom of uh, all of these conditions. Uh, and, and so this inflammation, the, the 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 number one trigger of this inflammation is stress. So uh, it's not you know in many conditions like in breast cancer. There is, it's not like there is a direct relationship. We can say, okay, this patient got stressed and now they got cancer. And, the, and we study that, yes, yeah, stress did cause the cancer. It's not like that. But what, what we do know is that uh, there is an increased uh, uh, um, relationship. There's, an, in, there's a relationship of uh, stress 
so people who are stressed, they are they are more prone to get get cancer. Um, you know that uh, especially let's let's say let's talk about breast cancer since this is the you know the breast cancer show. Um, did you know that uh, uh, the risk of breast cancer in the age group of 25 to 39 is increasing every year? Uh, so the, the younger people, more you know, young women are getting you know are getting breast cancer. Uh, it's not just a, uh, a disease of older women. And stress, we know that it doubles the risk of developing breast cancer, but there's a, there's, no, there's no direct link. It hasn't been proven yet. Um, and by the way, in this younger group, younger younger age group, uh, breast cancer is more aggressive and less easy to treat. And so. If you know that, um, and, and, and I've actually done, you know, like informal in uh, studies of patients, of people who I know who had breast cancer, and I kind of wanted to you know, find out what their what their life was like, and I I've, I've seen that that uh, you know those patients that I, I mean I don't I'm not a cancer doctor so I don't see them regularly, but I get referred patients from the cancer center next door to me for stress management, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, I've realized that a lot of these these breast cancer uh, women, um, their lives were, were very stressful, and I don't know how it was for the two of you, um, but you know stress is an important aspect of these people's lives, and uh, whether it's been proven to have a direct link or not, there certainly is a, a big association. Yeah, the way I explain it to my patients, and again, I'm not a doctor, but but I do try to explain that stress breaks down our immune system, yeah. and so that could have some bearing on the fact that the cancer got a foothold when their immune system was at a yeah. low place. Yes. So fact, that, I have a, that makes I have sense a, to me. <laughs> yes. I have a mnemonic cause, uh, 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 named as uh, stress kills, and that 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 uh, mnemonic uh, tells us, um, you know, what organ systems are affected, uh, you know, you know, by stress, um, and you know that in, it includes all the conditions, the you know, the developing diabetes. As the first S stands for sugar, uh, increases the risk of developing type two diabetes. Not only that, it can also trigger irritable bowel syndrome, uh, all these other chronic uh, uh, gastrointestinal conditions, ulcer formation, gastritis. Uh, the T of the stress kill stands for thyroid. So people didn't really know, uh, don't recognize that thyroid problem, hormonal changes uh, can be caused by stress. So it can cause you to gain weight, not only because you know stress, stressful people end up eating more because you know, you know, eating a lot of comfort food, but it can also cause thyroid problems, and that can it, itself cause you, you to gain weight. The R stands for the reproductive system. Now, uh, you know, it, it might be uh, funny to say, you know, like, well, uh, if, you're, uh, if your partner is stressed out, you know, how many of you really want to have sex with your partner when they're, <laughs> when they're stressed out? <laughs> but, right. Um, but, it, but, but stress... Uh, it, it creates a poor body image, makes you feel less sexy, and your, affects your relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in, in addition to that, it, the higher cortisol levels that you have in stress, they suppress your sex hormones and may, and may in fact lower your libido. Uh, and in women, stress affects your ovaries, and, and that in turn affects your menstrual cycle. So your, your, your periods can become irregular. You may even stop menstruating. 
or it can cause um, irregular and heavy and more painful periods. In mm-hmm. men, it can cause erectile dysfunction, even impotence. You know, people can become impotent because of stress. Um, wow. And, and for, even for pregnant women, it can cause uh, problems. It can cause preterm labor in, uh, in, in, in 10% of women. Um, and not only that, and this is very important, it, stress actually has an impact on the fetus. And it can affect your DNA. Not only does it affect your DNA, the the effect the stress can be passed on to your children. Um, so, uh, if, so if you if, you, if your mother is stressed out when she's pregnant, the baby does not handle stress well. We're we're finding out that uh, babies of uh, of children of of uh, uh, pregnant women who were stressed out, uh, they they have an increased risk of uh, depression and may even have a lower IQ. So. It affects many other different organ <laughs> systems, and in the fee of time, we can discuss all that. But you know, I think that gives you a you know great example of what stress can do to the the whole body. Mm-hmm. You know, I wow. think I think instinctively we all kind of know that it's very serious, but you're really painting a, a, a kind of a, a sad picture here. And I know we're about to turn this around. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to go out to break here in just a minute. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the um, ways to turn around stress um, and use it for good. In fact, that's a question I'd like to maybe go out on just real quickly, and that is, is stre- can stress be good for you? And is there a certain kind of stress that, that does work for us instead of against us? So, I don't well, know, Sharon, do we have time to actually go into that, do you think? Sure, go for it. Okay. Well, the short answer is yes. And uh, for the That's long short. answer, uh, stay tuned. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. So on that note, we will go out on break. I, I, that was really good. Um, so we'll be back in a minute. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about stress and how it affects our bodies uh, with Dr. Dr. Singh. So um, let's switch gears just a little bit and talk about the two-prong approach, how we address the stress in our bodies. Okay, so yes, uh, I uh, I really usually talk about it, the two pronged approach. Now, you know, uh, there are a lot of uh, you know stress management programs out there. I'm sure uh, a lot of people have taken them. You know, you may, maybe you have taken a, a you know class or two on you know maybe yoga class or a meditation class or a breathing class. Um, the 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 problem is that. Uh, you know, a lot of people think that when they get stressed out, they should go get a massage or a meditation class. Uh, that works, uh, but it works temporarily and it decreases the stress response for a short period of time. And it can be helpful. I'm not I'm not knocking them. It's, it's, it's helpful, but it, that's not going to address the situation which is causing your stress in the first place. Right. So th- that's why um, in, in reality, you know, you cannot your stress, so to speak. It's a mindset. It start, all starts in your head first. So if your head is out of balance, you, know, you can be in yoga five days a week and will not make a lasting difference. It will not help you much. Um, I mean, that's not entirely true, but you get the point. Um, so these techniques do work, but they have to be in the proper context. So that's why I call this the two-pronged approach. The first is uh, how to not get stressed out in the first place. And second is how to relieve the symptoms of your existing stress. Yes. Now, uh, so we, we generally focus on the second one, how to relieve the symptoms of your existing stress, because we think that, well, I really cannot do anything about getting stressed out because, well, my boss is causing me stress. Traffic is causing me stress. My coworkers are causing me stress. My spouse is causing me stress. I cannot control all that. So how can I... Uh, not get stressed out. You know, that's not possible. So people don't even think about that. And so all they do is just take a yoga class and meditation class and other stress management techniques. They work for a little bit, but then they say, you know, yeah, it helps me temporarily, but it, you know, it doesn't really, you know, it hasn't really affected my, my life uh, in, a, in a measurable way. Yeah, because you're not really addressing the cause of the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why the, the first thing is, how to recognize that there is stress in your life. Uh, now, when I, you know, you mentioned, you know, I, 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 I do a webinar on stress. I have a free webinar that you know, we can talk about. But when I do a, a, a live seminar, you know, I, I ask this question. So what do you think is causing your stress? So, 
what, are, what, are, what do you think are some of the answers people will give me? Um, so Sharon and Becky, maybe you can, you can tell me. Well, what are some of the things that uh, Becky, Becky always says that she gets more stressed out from things she doesn't do rather than things she does. Is that yeah. still correct, Becky? That is absolutely correct. You know, it's, it's not the things I do that cause me stress. It's the things I don't do. If I don't get something done or if I've been putting something off, that's what causes me stress. It's, it's never the things I do. I mean, I might mess up and do something stupid and you can just, you can fix that with an apology generally, but, um, but it's the things I don't get done. And maybe sometimes it's because there's too many things on my to-do list. Um, I, you know, try to overdo too many things at, you know, at once. And, and then I kind of can get paralyzed because of all of the activity. I look at my to-do list and it makes me crazy. So, <laughs> you well, know. And, and also just the fact that that um, we worry. I think we have no control over so many things. And I think my tendency might be to be worried or concerned about things I have no control over. And um, uh, yeah, so I think that causes a lot of people stress, don't you think? Well, that is true. But think about it. If you have no control over it, what can you do about it anyway? Well, yeah, that's worry. True. That's that's what yeah, we can do worry. about it. It's worry, uh, yeah, and it doesn't effective. necessarily solve the problem, but yeah. it 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 feels like we're doing something. See, <laughs> right? that, that's where that, that's why it's you know it's harder to address what's causing the stress in the first right. place because you know you don't know how to address it, and that's where in becoming a problem solver. And when I actually. Uh, you know, I'm 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 also working on a stress uh, a, a program uh, where we talk about how to become a more effective problem solver. Because uh, my approach to stress is not just taking a stress class; it's about how to look at your life and and see what things are working and what things are not working, and I love how that. to change the, those those things that are not working in a way that makes your life better. So that's mm-hmm. why it's not an easy thing. You know, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Exactly. <laughs> but they're you know, not. Go ahead. Let me, ask a, let me ask a question. I mean, I'm not sure it's a question. It might just be an observation. But I know, you know, Sharon and I both know that from working with cancer patients for as long as we have, I mean, we've been at this since 2000 when we started Breast Friends originally. But, <clears throat> excuse me financial issues for a cancer patient is a huge stress, stressor, you know, when when maybe one part of the the couple loses their job or they have to take time off from work and the co-pays are just horribly, you know, my, they're just crushing in the, in the financial arena and yeah. they just don't have the means to pay for things and there's that stress, the way they can't make their house payment. You know, that's, how how does a person put a realistic look on that to eliminate that stress when it's, it's so real. Yeah. You know, the question is not about uh, uh, eliminating. There will always be stressful situations that you cannot control, uh, but it's about your mindset. How do you address them? And, you know, you're going to have those problems. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to sound callous uh, because it's not because what I do is, you know, uh, it, it's hard to uh, get an answer, like a, a generic answer that will that will apply to everybody in that right. kind of situation. So you have to look at each individual situation individually and uh, and come up with solutions. And some sometimes I even, you know, I mean, I do like, uh, even though I'm a physician, uh, I, I do some life coaching with some of these patients who have a lot of stress and, and, and really look at their life and see 
what kind of things that they can change about their life that will decrease the amount of stress and bring more more satisfaction in their lives and address some of you know whatever financial situations that they may have there there's always some sort of uh, you can find a solution in in most cases you can find a solution it's just a matter of uh, you know, thinking and in, uh, in putting things in perspective mm-hmm. and maybe having to think outside the box a little bit so that's why it's not an easy i never said that this is going to be an easy process no, you know, no. addressing what, uh, how to not get stressed out uh, it's easy for me to say it's not very easy to do but you have to look at each circumstance and kind of figure out uh, what uh, what are some of the possible uh, options that you have avail- available to you uh, and uh, and then come up with solutions and sometimes people can't think when they're going through and that's where life coaching can be very helpful the things that you do uh you know both of you are are, are coaches and the motivational speakers and i'm sure you have kind of similar experiences that yeah. you help to help people find solutions that will work for them right and if you're all stressed out and overwhelmed your brain stops working so even finding some of those solutions are more difficult because you're consumed with the problem rather than the solutions right. yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah it makes, sometimes that makes find, sense. Yes. Yeah, sometimes finding the solutions may seem so overwhelming, but sometimes it can be just as simple as sharing the concern with the person. I mean, if you if you're concerned about paying your medical bill, talk to the billing department. They may be able to help, you know, kind of spread it out. I mean, right. there's there's ways, but I think sometimes we get so withdrawn and so afraid of what's going to so happen. Overwhelmed. That we, yeah, yeah, we just don't see that that well, possibility. And, and using using the example of your your scan, Becky. I mean, honestly, um, it was going to be what it was going to be, right? Right. <laughs> right. But again, uh, being without any sort of treatment for the first time, really, in 20 some years yeah. was frightening for you. I can yeah. I can see how it would be. Yeah. And and so we fear the worst. So fear yeah. and overwhelm and all of these emotions that we don't necessarily have any control um not that's not true. We have control of them. We have to just hold on to them and then let them go. We have to right. acknowledge them and let them go. And that's probably what you're talking about, Dr. Singh, as far as that mindset that's so important. We have to understand that this is where we are, but we have really no control over the right. outcomes many times. You know, and I'm going to go back to my favorite, one of my favorite um, sayings. I wish I could take credit for it, but I, I borrowed it from my flooring guy. And for those of you listening, you've heard this before. He said, don't put demons where none exist. And, you know, for those of us who are worriers and worry leads to stress, um, and we sometimes worry about things, again, we have no control over, but what if the thing we're worrying about never actually happens, which is more likely than not? Most of the time, probably 95, (laughs) 98% of the time, yes. I I, I think it was Mark Twain who said that uh, something to the effect, I have to look up the exact quote, but um, I've had, uh, uh, you know, something like a lot of problems. Thankfully, none of them, none of them were true. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they were all, all in his mind, you know, all in his uh, brain. Yeah. So, right. Right. Um, you know, I, I like to give the example um, uh, that l- let's just say that, uh, you know, you may have people in your life that um, they kind of have it all figured out. And so, 
and if you have a question or if you have a, a problem, you go to them and you don't, you don't have a solution. And so you go to them and they will say, oh, just do this and this and it'll be fine. And you yeah. do whatever they said and it's, it's done, right? Uh, so what happens is that, let's say on a scale of zero to 10, let's say you are at a, operating at a level two. And so when you have a level five problem, it's a big problem for you, correct? So, right. uh, so you cannot, you know, you're all stressed out because you can't find the solution to this problem. And then you go to a person who, let's say for in this example, they're a level seven person and you explain this problem to them. And for them, it's, it's a level five problem. So for them, it's like, oh, no big deal. They'll tell you, okay, just do this and this, it'll be fine. And uh, <laughs> so, so now the, 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 what, I, what I say is that what I want to do is I want you to, I want to raise you from a level two person to a level seven or eight or a nine person. So even though the problems don't go away, they become less important for you so that oh. you can uh, you can handle them so you become you become bigger than the problem right now you know people get stressed out because all the the problems are bigger than them and yeah. you have what you, what you have to do is become bigger than the problem and you can address any of those problems I you know dr that. Singh, i i love where we're going with this conversation but we're just about out of time so i i want you to be able to tell about your book how can people get a copy of it what's the general idea of it but i really can only give you about a minute to do that so no problem uh, <laughs> um I, I i when i start talking i get excited also i know we can I do can another tell. i love that <laughs> Uh, so m- the book is about headache. So it's nothing to do with breast cancer or any kind of cancer. It's about headache. Uh, it's called uh, Not Tonight. I have a headache, and it's basically about about my approach to uh, about uh, approach to headache, but basically approach to life, about uh, approach to any kind of diseases. I talk about the 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 Western treatment of headache, then talk about the natural approaches and how do how I combine the two to uh, you know uh, to uh, find a, the solution for a patient's headache so it's 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 a very uh, easy read it's mainly for you know for uh, for general public um, and uh, the way you can get it is just go to uh, the website called treatmyheadache.com simple um, uh, so okay. www.treatmyheadache.com uh, and that's actually where you will also uh, where you can when you when you sign up, I, I I'm doing a webinar, but I haven't really created any uh, link for the webinar about stress. But if when you go there, uh, when you you sign up for the for the or you, know, you can sign up for my my newsletter and get the book also, and uh, you'll get information on how to attend a, a stress uh, webinar as well. Well, thank you so yeah, much. Uh, we are we are out of time. So <laughs> I want to thank you so much for giving up a, an hour of your day to be with us for this interview. And for our listeners, if you like this show and you'd like to see it continue on, please go to breastfriends.org. There's a big blue button at the top of the page that says donation. Please make a donation. We are listener supported and we can't continue this show without your help and support. So with that, we will be back next week. And until then, remember, there is always hope and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.